0: Your official station to talk giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. save his life call his wife in nothing to say but what a day how's your boy been wake up Brian nothing Cashman do, it's up to you I've got nothing to say but it's okay good morning, good morning everyone 402 on the fan here on this Wednesday morning 877 we wake up to a brand new world where Verdugo is a Yankee and not Juan Soto yet. I thought for sure I was going to break the news today. I'll have to wait. It's coming, though. Juan Soto will be a Yankee. But right now, Alex Verdugo is. That's the news of the morning. Broke around, I don't know, 945 last night or so, 930. The Yankees trade for the former Red Sox. Uh, A left-handed hitting contact hitter. Whoa, what a novel idea. Exactly what they needed. But yet the fan base still probably, from what I heard and listened and read from, the fan base still isn't happy with it. Because it's not Juan Soto, I get it. But this is only step one. Verdugo comes in as a left-handed contact hitter. He's not going to knock your socks off. He was the main a cog of a Mookie Betts failed trade by the Boston Red Sox. Obviously, him and prospect Jeter Downs, who's no longer with them either. Just an absolute disaster of a trade. But he comes in as someone who steps into this lineup. Uh, Brian Cashman had talked about needing to get two, two left-handed hitting outfielders, and this is number one. The other one is still number one target, Juan Soto. Everyone's reporting the Yankees are – this is not – have anything to do with trying to acquire Juan Soto? They got Alex Verdugo for uh, Greg Weissert, uh, Richard Fitz, are right? Uh, we remember we remember uh, Weissert, the relief-handed pitcher with the, the the breaking ball. So they gave up Weissert for Verdugo. It's a it's a nothing move. You get Richard Fitz and um, uh, Michael Judas, uh, both right-handed pitchers. I don't believe either are the major names being. Uh, maybe Fitz is a. Uh, an upper echelon prospect a little bit that might have been included in some of the Juan Soto talks, but not really. These are not some of the bigger names included in Juan Soto. This has nothing to do with that. This is a good trade for a good, solid player who is a left-handed contact-hitting 280 lefty hitter exactly what the Yankees need, exactly what the Yankees need. Now, the only issue is he doesn't play center field which is probably what they'll need while Dominguez is on the men from Tommy John surgery. So I would guess that you're going to see, even if they get Juan Soto, and hopefully they will, I think they will. I'm pretty sure they will. In fact, I know they will. You're going to see more of Aaron Judge in center field. I do not think Verdugo is much of a center fielder. So you're going to see Juan Soto and Verdugo in the corners, which really isn't a great outfield necessarily, with Aaron Judge playing a lot of center field to start the year until – Jason Dominguez comes back and able to take over in center field, but this is a good first deal. I understand he's a Red Sox. I understand there was some issues with some uh, some some of the left field uh, bleacher creatures from you know a couple years ago, but we move on. We forget all that. We put it past us. So was Clemens. Clemens was hated too. You bring him in, and this is a guy that's an, a good fit and someone who you know is is a good quality hitter for this team and is step one of going to get Juan Soto. And Yamamoto. That's what it is. And we're still waiting. And Brian Cashman and the New York Yankees have made this right now without question for me. If you've paid attention, if you're one of these people, baseball nut, who's watched all the videos and all the them talking with the media over these really lackluster days that has become a typical uh, winter meeting, which is just baseball needs to figure out how to get this thing more excited, exciting and more compressed into a short. This should be the week. There should be a six, seven-day period of making all these moves. But if you've paid attention and the way they dealt with media yesterday, Brian Cashman and the Yankees, from the minute Brian Cashman had that tirade a few weeks ago, have done nothing but make you believe and make me believe that they mean business this offseason. And during today yesterday's media session, my God, They talk about Juan Soto like I've never heard them talk about a player, a free agent, let alone someone still under contract. They never openly discuss how great a player is, how much he would impact the team, how much he would impact the lineup. They never openly discuss these type of players. It is very surprising to hear Brian Cashman and, for that matter, the manager, Aaron Boone, openly discuss a player on another team as much as the Yankees have. Plus, just the cavalier nature, hearing um, Bob Clapish uh, Bob report that the Yankees are telling everyone they're in the lead for Yamamoto. I mean, it is just, they are setting us up for either the greatest offseason and most timely must-have offseason that they've had in forever, or the ultimate kick in the junk and continuation of what they've done the last handful of years, and further insteep us all in the idea that Cashman's a boob, and that Hal doesn't want to spend, and this team is not your your grandfather Steinbrenner's team, and it's an embarrassment, and they'd be right. They need Juan Soto. They need Yamamoto. And I firmly believe they're going to get it done. It's just a matter of time. If you were listening last night and paying attention, Jack Curry had conversations intensifying. They're getting back together and talking again. I would think the Juan Soto deal gets done relatively quickly, and he's coming to the Yankees. And to add that with Verdugo and hopefully Yamamoto, this is the offseason the Yankees desperately needed. Desperately needed. The Mets are all in on Yamamoto as well, as we've talked about this forever. The two teams battling for the same player. And Cashman did say something uh, yesterday that absolutely uh, you know, plays into the idea of where these two teams are and where these two owners are. And so, when Brian Cashman was asked about Yamamoto, as both teams are vying for their for his uh, his his uh, ability to come play for them, his talents, should I say? He was asked about competing with the Mets and with Steve Cohen in trying to acquire players, and he fully admitted and said, "I'm not sure anyone can compete with Steve Cohen." Which has you know sent people a buzz. I got text from Evan. I got text from Lugauer. Everyone, oh, the Yankees have admitted they can't compete with the Mets. I don't buy that for a second. He's not bending the knees. Not saying anything other than the obvious. Brian Cashman has been a truth teller this entire offseason. That's it. He's tired of innuendo. He's tired of st- you know stepping around it. He's he's not he's not pussyfooting around. This guy is just out there telling the truth. Stanton, yeah, injuries a part of his game. Yeah, I think we're pretty damn good. Yeah, Steve Cohen's got more money than everybody else. We know this. We know this. But we also know the pinstripes are worth more than money. You can't put a price on what the Yankees' brand is. And that's what Yamamoto wants. So if Steve Cohen is going to really be willing to just blow teams out of the water and give 50, 60, whatever, million dollars more than what other teams are willing to do, which he hasn't yet done. Yes, he traded for Lindor and paid him big-time money, yes. Yes, he gave Max Scherzer a short-term, big-money deal, did the same for Verlander, sure. We've seen certain instances where he's done things that the Wilpons and other owners don't do, paying for prospects in trades. This is a superpower that Steve Cohen and Steve Cohen alone seems to have, but at the same time, Has he really dabbled in free agency where he just blows people out of the water? Has he battled? Has he gotten into a sweepstakes and just said, I won't be denied? That's what we're going to have to find out from Steve Cohen. We're going to have to find out whether or not the Yankees are willing to swim in those waters. We're going to find out what this offseason looks like, and hopefully it's starting soon. For Dugo's a Yankee, Yamamoto and Soto up next, battling between the Mets and Yankees and throwing the San Diego Padres, and that's where we are as we get ready to wrap up the final day of Wednesday of the winter meetings. The other big story is, take a guess. Take a guess what we have to talk about again today. Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, addressing, addressing the media and the leaks inside the organization and the comments made by Zach Wilson where he He's reluctant to go back to being the starter if the Jets are so inclined to ask him. He's reluctant. And while, you know, maybe, maybe the report of Aaron Rodgers having to call him is brought into question by Aaron Rodgers, he does not deny necessarily that Zach Wilson said these things. He's just upset that the organization leaked it. And while, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. Leaks are never good. And I understand the idea that all it does is make the quarterback look bad, make the coach look bad, make the organization look bad, and make him, this poor baby, have to answer questions on Pat McAfee about it, about a young kid he loves. But that's what we're focused on. That's what this team does. And that's why I'm so pissed off Zach Wilson feels this way, because left, right, it doesn't matter who, all they do is defend this kid. And that's what what Rodgers is doing. Rodgers is showing you, hey, what the hell about the leaks instead of what Zach Wilson's talking about. Look over here. We should be focusing on the leaks and why we're trying to ruin this young man's character. Well, what about the things he said that ruined his character? What about the, the way he's handled it? What about the things he said to some of the people inside the organization who leaked it? Sure, the leaks are no good, but how about the idea that you have a quarterback who doesn't want to play instead of brushing it off as a young man who, you know, who's had a lot of reasons to be angry over the last three years. Oh, does he? A lot of things have happened over the last three years. He has every right to be angry. Every right to be angry? I'm sorry. I get that they didn't have, you know, the best offensive weapons. And I understand he had a rookie head coach and then a rookie offensive coordinator, and now he's dealing with Hackett, who didn't want to game plan around his skill set. Whatever. I get it. Life ain't easy. The NFL ain't fun. But this team has given him every opportunity to play, every single opportunity, and defended him no matter how loud the noise was, no matter how many dopes like me are screaming for his job, no matter how many people are clamoring to anybody but Zach Wilson, this team has stood steadfast in support of this young man. And when Aaron Rodgers went down, they didn't bring in a single person to to even come close to supplanting him. They stuck to their kid. They stuck to their guy. Yeah, he was benched. He's benched because they were—they gonna had a mutiny on their hands because the defense was so furious with him after cavalier comments after he can't score any points against the Patriots, which is a familiar song. But yeah, no, no, no. It's the media's fault. It's the league's fault. It's never—it's never about Zach Wilson ever. 877-337-6666. You're mixing a, you mix a little Danny DeVito. Can't. Couldn't get through a show without it. Mixing a little Tommy DeVito as the quarterback in the New York Giants. And there you have our Wednesday program. I'm still waiting for Soto. What can, What's up? Yeah. I'm still waiting for Juan Soto. But DeVito will be the starter of the Giants moving forward. It's the right call. But we'll see how the team reacts to it. Because let's be honest. If it's about winning the game... Tyrod Taylor gives you the best chance to win the game. And Tyrod Taylor's pissed because he knows it. He was brought here for a reason. He's given a contract to be the backup quarterback, and it's not to sit and watch Tommy DeVito play. But ultimately, he's won some games. He's the story, and it's about seeing what he can be. Maybe he's a cheap option as a backup quarterback instead of having to sign the next Tyrod Taylor to a legitimate contract. That's what it's about at 4-8. It's about the future. Eric and Ron Conkham, What's up, Eric? You're on the fan.
1: Yeah, how you doing, C-Mac? Good morning. Good, buddy. How are um, you?
0: How, how many free
1: airline miles do you think everyone's getting from JetBlue for all of these defending comments they that make?
0: So. <laughs> that's that's. I think that's the third JetBlue joke I've heard this morning. Look at you guys out in full force. Well, I mean, it's
1: just you know. I mean, well, you know, the, the, these guys all like to hang out together. You know, yes. wouldn't surprise me if there's a little uh, you know backdoor action going on there just to you
0: know just to keep them going. But I I,
1: I didn't really want. I don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about oh,
0: backdoor action? Are you sure? The,
1: yeah, uh, just real quick. You were talking about Macaulay Culkin yesterday. I'm I was curious. talking
0: Macaulay Culkin yesterday. Yes.
1: Do, do you actually know what his first
0: uh, role was in movies? Um, his very first. Yeah, I don't. I thought yeah, he, actually,
1: he actually didn't even have any lines in it, but he's in it.
0: Um,
1: he's he's in a kind of offshoot. Uh, uh, I won't say horror flick, but kind of. Uh, it's in that genre. It's called Jacob's Ladder with Tim Robbins and sure. Danny Aiello.
0: Yeah, I know. I know yeah. the movie. So,
1: yeah. So he he's in that. He plays uh, uh, Tim Robbins' son uh, in that movie. All yeah.
0: right. Yeah. Listen, I was talking yeah. about him yesterday because he finally got his star on the Hollywood right, walk, of the walk of Fame. Of fame yeah.
1: Right, like I mean,
0: right. I understand he hasn't done anything for in a while, and I'm not saying he's the most famous you know man on on the planet, but he's a household name. He's one of the great sure. child actors of all time, and those movies are beyond iconic. We watch them every single year. I mean, he is the he yep. is the front runner of one of the more and the face of one of the more, uh, you know, successful uh, and profitable yep. franchise movies of all time, and right. he's just getting the Walk of Fame now. After he's been in right. hiatus, practically, for the last 30 years? Like, I mean, what's right, going on? Right. I just couldn't believe it. And and it bothered yeah. me that the storyline was more about that uh, Catherine O'Hara, the, Catherine the actress O'Hara, yeah. who played his mother, like, showed up, and they played it up as, like, the, the Kevin and mom came home. Like, no, no, no. Let's let, let's talk yeah, about surprised. the fact that Macaulay Culkin deserved this thing 20 years ago.
1: Right. I was surprised they didn't have Kevin Hart actually walk out with him, too, when, when she did that, but... Uh just they have that commercial together but yes I'm
0: surprised you didn't mention
1: Scrooge as far as a Christmas movie
0: uh, yeah no you know, well, that, that, well I'm talking about really more underrated ones. I think most people like Scrooge and you know Scrooge is a somewhat popular one it's not it's not you know white Christmas or uh you know uh, a Christmas story or home alone or some of the obvious Christmas movies but still I think Scrooge is a very popular one but yeah Scrooge is hilarious. Scrooge is a great movie. Bill Murray's tremendous in that movie, the the ghost of Christmas Present. I think the 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 female like fairy when she beats him up with the toaster and everything that's hysterical. But yeah, I mean, I like some of the more obscure ones, like Trapped in Paradise is really obscure, and it's a it's it's a very very funny movie. It's a very very funny movie. I love Trapped in Paradise. Dana Carvey is very, very good in Trapped in Paradise. But yes, Macaulay Colkin, he's just I mean, I was so surprised that he is not that he is not in that. And actually, look, Uncle Buck was before Jacob's ladder, so you got it wrong. I thought Uncle Buck was his first movie. He did a couple of like TV shows, I guess. He did the Equalizer, which has been rebooted, obviously. But he's been in a handful of TV shows. Uncle Buck was the first movie. He's tremendous in Uncle Buck. Home Alone is iconic. And I just, I couldn't believe that he's just now getting his, his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Macaulay Culkin. He's a household name. He hasn't done anything in 30 years, practically, anything of note. And he's still a household name. Like, what's the last, I'm trying to even think, what's the last thing he's done? E- Intergalactic? A voice? All right, so a voiceover. Oh, he was Mickey in American Horror Story in 2021. He was in six episodes of of American Horror Story, which had its moment of being one of the biggest TV shows on TV, but it, I don't think it's been for a while now. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, what's up, Sparky? Hey,
2: how you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, um, Sparky. How uh, are you? I'm
0: just waiting for some news, you know. Okay, well, for refreshing uh, my, Twitter. my last comment on Zach. Yes. I mean...
2: They make the big thing about the league, he, and Zach, oh, he won't play. It isn't Zach, you won't play. You can't play. You're not an NFL quarterback. That's it.
0: I, I think he I think he knows. I think the main reason he doesn't want to play, I, I don't buy the injury stuff, and I'm not even sure I buy the anger stuff. I think the main reason he doesn't want to play is because he, he knows he won't be successful going out there. Yeah, I think he's and had that- enough. He's had enough of just the the. He's had enough of answering the questions after another failed performance. He's had enough of everybody in the media wondering why he's still the guy killing his performance. You know, I think he's just tired of all the noise around his poor play and this offense's ineptitude. Where he and- just doesn't want to be the face of it anymore. He was. I think he's happy to just no longer be the face of the misery that is Jet offensive football. You
2: know, and now it's with Cashman. I'm not a Cashman guy, but. But I like the way he's acting right now. And I, mean, and I mentioned to your screener, do you think there's a possibility that Steinbrenner might have just read him the riot act?
0: Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I know he's been, much, he's been he's much more maligned here at these meetings. I think he got it out of his system. I don't think he was talked to. I, I don't, there's no more point in arguing. He met the media for the first time after the year. And he was feisty, and he was asked direct questions. Now it's about Juan Soto. Now it's about what are you doing moving forward? There aren't any. There's no more tough questions or reason to be angry. He's not. He's not. He's not defending his job anymore. He had that one press conference. He did it for 35, 40 minutes, almost an hour. He yelled. He screamed. He cursed. He got it all out of his system. Now he's at the winter meetings trying to build a team. I don't. Th- I. Don't, I understand he's much more reserved than he was at that moment, but. I I didn't expect him to be fiery every time he speaks to the media now. He's being asked questions about how the team's built moving forward. He's not defending last year anymore. He had that one press conference. He treated it the way he treated it. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. At the time, I really thought it was in poor taste. Now I don't care anymore, and I actually find it funny. I shouldn't say poor taste. At the time, I didn't love the tone because I knew it would create more anger from the fan base, which I'm trying to deviate. And and or should I say alleviate? I don't like I don't like the toxic nature around the fan base. I just don't. One, I think it's unwarranted. Believe I'm I'm sorry. Angry, disappointed, absolute. You know, mainly disappointed. Expecting more, frustrated, all fair. You know, a furious anger that you just you can't even stand to look at Brian Cashman. That we need fire, Brian Cashman nights that we're just, just absolutely can't can't stand to look at Aaron Boone, hate the team. I, I don't think it's warranted. But not only just is it not warranted, I just don't think it's good for business. I don't like the idea. I mean, we'll see what happens. It sounds like Yamamoto still wants to be a Yankee. It sounds like it might not be impacting things, but it's just it's a negative thing. It became a story that the 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 Yankees were taken aback, the players themselves. We're taking aback when Aaron Judge got booed in the playoffs. I think they were even just like, wow, you guys are going to boo Aaron Judge after this year? I just don't like the toxicity around the, the team, and that's why I want Yamasoto. I think not only is it best for the team, but it changes immediately how you feel about Steinbrenner, how you feel about Cashman. Nothing's going to change the way you feel about Boone until they go out there and win. I didn't expect Brian Cashman to be all angry every time he spoke to the media the rest of the year. He had that one press conference. Now he's no longer defending himself. He's building a team. And, man, is he openly talking about players. I'm telling you, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. I'm going to be sick to my stomach. This is going to be the ultimate kick in the junk. Tony in Connecticut. What's up, Tony? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, man? I am a giant.
1: Mets
0: fan. Okay. Oh, wait, wait are you a my- are you a are you a large Met fan or are you a New York giant, <laughs> New York Mets fan?
1: I, I misspoke. I misspoke. Well it's just miss- confusing. I, are you a are you a giant
0: yeah. and a Met fan? Or are you a just no, a, no, no. I'm an enormous I'm, Met fan?
1: I'm a diehard Met fan. There
0: you fan. go. I got
1: you. And um I, I get the feeling that
0: you're a Yankee fan. I don't know what makes me. I'm not about, su- am, am I laying it on thick? We need Juan Soto. Uh, kinda, kinda
1: Well listen, I, I know listen, I, I share
0: time with the Yankees and Mets, but I, you know some don't agree. I, I, I would tell you I would, but right now they're just we're waiting on Yamamoto and what's going to happen between the Mets and Yankees, but that's about it. This Juan Soto thing is like right on the precipice, so the Yankees are a little bit more on the forefront of what's going on what? in the hot stove market.
1: Well, what makes you think that it's right on the precipice? You think that it's, it's going to be imminent? I do.
0: I, I, I do think it's going to be imminent. Uh, they, they apparently reengaged again. I think they want to get this thing done before other teams get in because here's the thing. Once there are teams that I do think would be more in on Juan Soto than they are currently, but they're waiting for Otani. And I don't want the Otani shoe to drop and then have a team. Like, for example, I don't know what the Dodgers are thinking, and I don't think the Padres would necessarily change them to trade them to the Dodgers. I don't know what the Blue Jays are thinking. I don't know if they have the prospects that the Yankees have. But if either of those teams miss out on Otani, I think you could see them furiously try and go and get a Juan Soto or like right. I just so I want to I think the Yankees want, and they're the best fit. Uh, I and I think the the Padres are using that as a, uh, a, a trying to hey listen if you don't do it now more teams are going to be open oh. to it so I j- I have a feeling okay. this thing could get done quickly yeah yeah.
1: All right, just wanted to make a point. But that's what's
0: your all. what's your met? Oh, you want to just say that I'm a Yankee fan? well, no, I
1: just, well, no, I just wanted to. But well, what's your met? Actually, that's my
0: point. What's your met point? Okay, Go ahead, tell me what my your met. met what's your burning what, met hot stove question? Go ahead, throw it at me. <laughs>
1: what What are the chances you think the Mets could get uh, either Otani or Soto?
0: Uh, oh, Soto zip zero. Uh, I don't think. Why wait?
1: Why do you say that? Why, I,
0: because because yeah. I don't think they're interested in trading prospects right now for a player they believe they can buy next year. Right now oh, they okay. they are in the they are in the uh, asset gathering like they want to they don't, they don't love their farm system particularly their pitching I don't think and that's exact they don't have the pitching necessarily that's, they that to true. trade for Juan Soto they're trying to gather I mean they they they're literally tr- they're they're paying extra to get back as many good prospects as they can they're looking to add prospects not give them away for Juan Soto who will hit free okay. agency next year and they might buy him next year and yeah, Otani. So I don't think they're in on trading for Otani. He might be a Met for the next 15 years starting next year. I have no doubt that that's yeah. – he'll come to me next offseason. We have a different story on whether the Mets are in on Otani or not uh, – uh, Soto yeah. or not. Otani, okay. I I think they would be in. It sounds like he has no interest in be, in playing in New York. I mean, it sounds like he is. the Mets and Yankees have been in touch, and the the feeling is he's much more looking at L.A., maybe Chicago, maybe Toronto. So I think the Mets would be in on it. I think he has shown no interest in wanting to play in New York. But I mean, unfortunately. I you, yeah. But I mean, I think absolutely. If 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 Otani called the Mets today and said, "Hey, look, you know what? I've met with some of these teams. Their pitches haven't been great. I'm, uh, maybe I'm open a little bit more to New York than I thought." I mean, if you throw six hundred million at me right now, I could see myself being a Met for the next eight years, like I right. or whatever. I think Steve Cohen would jump at it. Or at least heavily yeah. consider it, but I don't think it's at that point where Otani wants to do that. he's a different guy he's a different guy for everything you hear about Yamamoto wanting the spotlight. it sounds like if 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 everything were possible, he would just love to blend in Otani he doesn't want to be a star he doesn't want to have to worry about being you know bombarded with with fans as he walks the streets like it i don't I don't know where he can do that or where he why he thinks. That's better off in LA. I mean, maybe he's willing to deal with that if he's closer to his home country. I don't know. I don't know. But Toronto, the thought is the Blue Jays aren't the biggest thing in the world. T- uh, hockey is bigger there in that country and, and in that city, and he could sneak by. I'm, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know if that's plausible. But and there's also something about. I was. I, I was. I watched a clip of. Um. um Talking Yanks and they were mentioning something along the lines of for some reason for tax purposes it's 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 not as damning for someone who lives in Japan to go to Canada I' some something along the tax would be more beneficial for him than other free agent signings to go to to Toronto I don't know something along those lines but I, I don't even think he cares about money. I think he cares about winning the situation and trying to bring as little attention to himself as possible. He is killing Major League Baseball right now. Otani is absolutely killing this offseason and killing Major League Baseball. One, him holding it up and not signing anywhere is slowing everything down because everyone's waiting for him to make a decision. And two, his decision to keep this under wraps as much as it is has left zero juice to this thing. This is the biggest free agent in the history of free agents, and nobody's got nothing on it. He doesn't he's 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 eating, he's dining over here. He's visiting with this one. He's like all the pomp and circumstance and media attention that would come with this is completely non-existent because that's how he wants it. Now it's his choice, but he they can't Major League Baseball can't be happy about it. The amount of juice he could bring to this offseason and this winter meeting if he just showed up in the lobby and said, "Come to me." Like it would be enormous, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to he wants to work in the shadows. God bless him. God bless him. He can When you're the best baseball player who ever lived, you can do whatever you want. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you. We're almost at rapid-fire calls. Let's go. Whatever you want to talk about. The Yankee and Met, Met offseason as the winter meetings will come to an end later today. Obviously, what's going on with the Jets and the turmoil and the nonsense that that is and the, the nonstop defending of Zach Wilson. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter who it is. Whether it's the media, the leaks, whomever. Zach Wilson must be defended at all times. 877 337 6666. McGonagall here with you on The Fan. The Fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877 337 6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Someone else just hit me with another underrated Christmas movie, oddly enough, starring Nicolas Cage. Family Man? You ever see Family Man? It's where he's like this very rich business guy and he's about to broker the biggest deal in the company's history and all that stuff. And then he meets uh, Don Cheadle, oddly enough, who's you know a Christmas angel or whatever, and shows him glimpses of what his life would have been if he stayed with uh, his college sweetheart and didn't leave to go to business school or whatever. And so he lives a life of a tire salesman struggling you know the average person struggle of somewhat you know paycheck to paycheck or whatever but a different life with kids and everything and the only reason why i remember the movie very well and this is getting personal i hope my wife isn't uh, isn't listening at 4:37 in the morning i doubt she is but i had a um i had a classic uh blockbuster and chill uh evening with family man i didn't see the end of the movie Those were the good old days. Not at all. I love my wife and my family is great. So thrilled with the way my life turned out. I would not want Don Cheadle to show up and offer me another path. I don't want it, Don. Okay? Leave me alone. I love where I'm at. I love my beautiful wife. And I don't linger and think about blockbuster and chill nights of my youth. Not at all. Stop it. I don't even know. Why'd you bring it up? (laughs) I don't know why you guys... Bring these things up. I don't want to talk about that. 877 337 6666. But it is a good movie. I've seen it uh, again since. Nicolas Cage is kind of, and now he's kind of making a resurrection. First of all, Nicolas Cage is the new Samuel L. Jackson, where he's in everything. Nicolas Cage makes 15, 16 movies a year, at least. It's amazing and and from somewhat popular movies that get a little buzz like that movie The Pig where he's like a retired chef on down on his luck and he's like a a pig truffle person I don't know weird he's got like a pet pig who who uh sniffs out truffles and they kill the pig and he's on a revenge tour uh, wh- who pitched that movie but anyway that one kind of got some he got some Oscar buzz for it for, he'll do that now he's got this other one where he's In everybody's dreams, he's like a high school English teacher, but somehow he's like showing up in everybody around the world's dreams. He's become dream man. He's very popular. You're hearing all kinds of stuff with that. And then one day you'll just, you'll be flipping through the channels and it'll be some non-existent movie you never heard of with soap opera actors. And it's like, you know, something about a guy who becomes half car or something. You're like, how did Nicolas Cage, what is he doing? He just says yes to everything. Nicolas Cage is in another movie every 10 minutes. God bless him. Hopefully he lives forever, and I know where he's going to be buried because I've seen it. He's got a very ostentatious, big like kind of pyramid uh, plot at a uh, New Orleans cemetery for like my they call it like a mini moon or whatever. Like right after we got married in December, my anniversary is actually coming up this week. Uh, we got married in December, and we went for New Year's to for a short little trip, not our full honeymoon. Our honeymoon we went to Hawaii uh, in the summer a year later, but. We went to New Orleans for New Year's Eve, like, right after our wedding for a couple days. And we did one of the cemetery tours. And Nicolas Cage has this enormous plot plot where he's going to be buried in. And it's like this big pyramid. Like, no joke, it's like a big white pyramid waiting for Nicolas Cage. I never understood why anyone would want to, like... Buy a like a big pyramid to be buried in, like a big pyramid mausoleum, for Nicolas Cage. I hope he can fit all his DVDs in there. I don't know if his, I don't think his IMDb page fits in there. It's just he's he's constantly in new movies. It's it's unbelievable. He he'll he'll be making movies that literally are with other superstars and get pub, and then he'll be in a movie with With someone who was in the the most recent t-Mobile commercial as the second lead, and you're like, why are you making all of this? Are you that are you that you know pressed for money? What happened, Nick? Maybe sell your plot, maybe sell the pyramid before you go make another terrible movie. Did you ever think of that eight seven seven three three seven All right. I needed to take a quick break because I went too long in the first segment. Another quick break. And when we come back, rapid fire, me and you, 877 337 Yankees, Cashman, Mets, what they're doing at third base, it sounds like they're going to take a look at all the kids and see who their third baseman is. That's where the Mets are. The Mets are Yamamoto or bust. The Yankees are Juan Soto or bust. And obviously the same old noise with the disaster that is the Jets – DeVito is the quarterback of the Giants. The Knicks are out of the in-season tournament. LeBron James is determined on winning it with an incredible performance at 38 years old. It's unbelievable, this guy. So there's plenty to talk about over the last 15 minutes. Let's get it going. You can also hit me up on Twitter at, at @cmacwfan. W-F-A-N. But rapid fire when we return, 877-337. Sixty six, sixty six. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, Little Ghetto Superstar at 446 in the morning. 877-337-6666. All right, let's go rapid fire time. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Chris in Staten Island. What's up, Chris?
3: Hey, what's up, C Max? Hey,
0: what's going on?
3: So, uh, Family Man's a great movie. I just watched it with my wife, so I agree with you. And, uh, uh, well, I
0: didn't catch it. What was the first movie? What movie?
3: I, I said Family Man's a great movie. Family Man, yes.
0: Yeah, very good movie.
3: Yes, uh, but getting to the point, uh, Yankees uh, will sign Otani. It's going to be a smoke stream move. Um, <laughs> I believe... You're laughing, Uh, but I I truly, I truly believe you're
0: even more delusional than I am, Chris. I love it. I love it.
3: With the Yankees uh, and their connection to Japan, with uh, Hiroki Kuroda, uh, Tanaka, uh, (laughs) leading with Matsui,
0: Matsui, um, leading with Hiroki Kuroda. Um, Yeah, listen, uh, I don't think he wants to come here. I think the Yankees would be open to it on a certain level, but. I don't think he wants to be a Yankee. I don't think he wants to come here. He'll be the right fielder in 2024. He'll be the right fielder. Okay. And
3: Judge will be in uh, center, and um, Verdugo will be in left. Uh.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. And uh,
3: George, I, not George Starmer, Hal Starman will finally get his due as the uh, owner who finally pulled the trigger on the biggest blockbuster move in Yankee history in the 21st uh, 20, uh, 21st century. All right, what's
0: the contract look like? Just out of curiosity since you know so much.
3: Um the contract will be uh, a 10-year deal. Um I'm not, you know, a numbers guy, but it will be a 10-year deal.
0: All right, a 10-year deal. Okay. Uh it's going to be upwards of 500 million dollars and I you know, he's going to want to pitch again. He can play right field for a year. You Dominguez is coming back to play center, but I, listen I would be shocked. I would be absolutely floored if that happens. Floored. But that would be great. Then you can forget about Soto. I'm okay with not getting Soto. I'm okay with not getting Soto if they get O'Donnell. I don't see it happening. I I love the idea. The last time they had... I I would say the last time that it really... A big, big move came out of nowhere was Mark DeShera. There might be one in between but it doesn't feel as big as Mark DeShera. Mark DeShera, they already they had already gotten, excuse me, they had already gotten CC Sabathia and A.J. Burnett. And it was like late December after Christmas, I think. And he was the biggest offensive prize on the market. And I remember, I think Baltimore was in the mix and some other, and you didn't hear one word about the Yankees being involved. Not one word. And then suddenly you just, Got the news, he signed a contract with the Yankees. I I, I can't imagine that happening with Otani. I would be absolutely shocked, shocked, but I would be thrilled. You have no idea. I'd be thrilled. I wouldn't even be able to sit down. I would just I would say goodbye to the show right now. They could play dead air. I'd run out of here. Just skipping down the hallway. Greg and Edison, what's up, Greg? Hey, how you doing? I I'm doing, uh, how you doing, Greg? I'm I'm fine. I got uh if they don't get Soto,
2: how about getting Bellager, sign Yamamoto, and maybe sign a Geo back.
0: All right, one one more time, I apologize. One more time signing G, signing Geo back. Who else are you getting? Uh say
1: Mellinger. hmm And sign Yamamoto. How would that how would that go?
0: Um. Yeah. It's not. It's not as good. I want Juan Soto. It's not as good. As, I don't like Bellinger as much. Bellinger scares me. Yeah. I. Yeah, but, I and uh, again. And it's a long term contract. You might. Again. It's more. Uh. You have him for longer. You'll have him for control longer. But I just don't think he's as good. I want Juan Soto. I want the game changing player. Uh, well, and then they'll so figure out why, signing but, uh, him. But yeah. I. I don't. And then I don't know why you want Geo back. They kind of have third base. So I'm not gonna. You're going to pay Bellinger, you're going to pay Yamamoto, and then you're going to give a contract to an aging Gio Urshela or just play play what you already have at third base. I'd rather see Peraza play third base than go get Gio Urshela. Well, yeah, that too. But just uh, to say, you know, if they don't get Soto, and go after him next year and not give up. If, if they do not get Soto, then they probably pivot to Bellinger and see if they can get Bellinger. Uh, but it would still, I would not be happy. I would not be happy. I would not be happy. I guess I should preface I I'll, tomorrow I'll have to go over exactly what I'll do for the fire Brian Cashman thing. Because if they get if they get Bellinger, then it's hard to say fire Brian Cashman, but still, no. He's gotta be traded to the Yankees. Dwight Nasbury Park, what's up, Dwight?
3: Uh yes. Um about the Jets. Uh take Marvin Hasner out of the out of the equation. Would you be interested in Brian Thomas as a, a a possible draft pick in the um mid to late first round for the Jets? LSU.
0: Yeah. Um I'm open I'm open to anything. I don't know. I listen, you know, you got to talk. Don't call me. I I you know, I'm open to a wide receiver. I'm open to different players. I'm open to anything with the Jets. Don't call call Aaron Rodgers. He's going to decide. That's all I know. I do not think they are taking a quarterback in the first round. I just, I refuse to believe that. I just don't think they're going to be able to look this guy in the in the eye. He's done everything. he's run the organization the last year since the minute he's no, come he's here. A, this
3: he, guy's a wide receiver.
0: No, I, I understand that. What I'm, I understand okay. that. I'm just saying that's. I'm open to drafting a wide receiver. I'm, I'm. I I think you want to draft a wide receiver who wants to to be a part of this team. You want to you take your pick. Whatever, whatever, whatever wide receiver the Jets think was my point. You like him, they might like someone else. I'm open to wide receiver. I'm open to offensive linemen. I'm open. I don't think they're drafting a quarterback. I don't think they're telling Aaron Rodgers we're drafting your replacement. After, all, after how he busted his ass and did a surgery and, and came back from an injury, no one's ever come back for him. He's run the team. He's decided all these different things. You know, he's, it, they, They've restructured his contract. They're on a, a three-year mission to try and win a championship. They are not going to take their number one draft asset and put it on his replacement. I just, no matter what situation they find themselves in, I can't imagine them looking them in the face and saying, we're not going to help next year's team with our biggest weapon to improve next year's team. We're going to pass on that, and we're going to draft our future. It might be what's right for the franchise. But they are in a win-now mode, and they have Aaron Rodgers here for maybe two more years, and they are not, 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 not gonna look him in the face and tell him it's best thing for the team to draft his replacement. I'm telling you right now. So yeah. Whatever you want to, whoever you want to you want to get uh Brian Thomas at LSU, if Mar if ha- Harrison's available, which I think he could be depending on where they are, there they could lose every game this year. And you know, you know the top picks are gonna be quarterbacks. They might have a chance at Marvin Harrison Jr. And if he's a... That's exactly who they'll take. I'm telling you right now, that's who they'll take. And they'll try and go trade for uh, Devontae Adams if they can. Now, you would think that would take a first-round pick. You can't give up a top-five pick for Devontae Adams. You can't. You could give up the 20th pick, maybe. You can give up the 25th pick if this season went the way you hoped it would win. But you can't have a top-five pick and give that to the Raiders for Devontae Adams. You can't trade a top-five pick. Maybe next year's first round or something, but... No. Can't do it. And I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm trying to impact this team. That's it. I sold my soul. I've done everything I can to win, win a championship in these years with Aaron Rodgers. I'll worry about the quarterback situation and my team after that. I got to end this freaking drought. I, ha- this, I know typically I feel differently about franchises. The Jets made the all-in move. And the Jets have the longest playoff drought in professional sports and they haven't won a championship since nineteen sixty nine. It's time to just go for it, even if it fails, which it feels like it will, right? We all I understand that. It feels like it's destined to fail. I don't care. I have to take the chance. And part of that is is improving next year's team with my first round pick, not worrying about my future. Sevy in Norwalk. What's up, Sevy? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh,
2: two things. Real quick, I, Number mean, one. I know Tani. Real quick, on know Tani. Yes. Um, that guy who called in and said he's going to play right field for the Yankees. The guy's got a – he had a Tommy John surgery yes. on his right arm. Yes. He can't pitch. He's going to throw in from he right is, field. He is not going so to that in from right field. the guy, he is a DH. Yeah,
0: he is a DH. I was, I was just appeasing him. You're right. He's not going to be able I to play – he might be the right – field. he might be an outfielder moving down the line. Now, I mean – he and he might be able to play right field eventually this time this season without being able to pitch necessarily. There is a a, a shorter time frame for even an outfielder than pitching. But you're right to start the year. You don't lock him into yeah. being your right your outfielder. Yes. Yeah.
2: That, that's that's crazy talk. Yeah. But the Jets, the whole Jets draft pick thing. If yes. the Jets continue to unintentionally tank, and we got this this prized pick in the top five, eight, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to see them draft a quarterback for different reasons. Not so much the whole Rogers thing is the first piece of it. I right, mean, look, look and then, and the you don't you out. don't
0: you don't trust this team and this coaching staff to develop trust,
2: them. I don't trust. I don't trust the pick. Yeah, we haven't picked a, a, in the top five or seven quarterback. Whenever we get that pick, we screw it up. Yeah, we and I don't know if it's because we're picking the wrong guy or because we don't know how to develop them. Yeah, but whatever the hell it Mixer is, mixture of both. Probably, I don't trust it. I don't trust Yeah, that's it. fair. And and it.
0: and I agreed. If you're not going to fire Joe Douglas cuz you cuz Aaron Rodgers is keeping the plan together. So you're not firing Joe Douglas, you're not going to fire Hackett, so it really makes no sense to me to fire to fire uh Sala. You're going to fire Sala and then fo- uh, bring in a new head coach and force the offensive coordinator on him? Like if you're willing to clean house, then you're willing to clean house and we're having a different conversation. I don't think Rodgers is going to allow it. I think there's I think they're ready with the plan. I think they knew this season was dead four snaps in, and they've just been doing their best, and ultimately it's going to get them a better pick. And uh, as embarrassing as it's been, now you've answered the question about Zach Wilson. He's gone, and you're moving forward, and you're trying to build, build a championship. You're going to get him a decent backup quarterback. You can get him more weapons, and you try and go out and get a championship with this same group. And then you're right. Not only is it just... Telling Aaron Rodgers you're drafting his replacement, do you, if if all those people are in place, like I suspect they might be, are you going to let Joe Douglas draft another quarterback? Are you going to let Hackett and and Sala and this coaching staff attempt to develop him? I know you'll have Aaron Rodgers in the building, but is Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers was okay with develop with with helping with Zach Wilson. Is he going to be okay putting his arms around a draft pick that he should be looking at a star wide receiver instead of? Or should be looking at someone who's helped. I mean, this is a guy who's come from Green Bay who never was drafted. They never drafted him any help. Forget the love situation and drafting the quarterback. I get that and how it parallels to what we're talking about, but just to even forget that. They never give him any, they never draft an offensive weapon for him ever. And his first year with the Jets, they're going to draft his replacement. He might have been okay with stepping in with Zach Wilson or apparently had a relationship and he loves the kid and blah, blah, blah. But is he going to be okay? Helping develop a a, a, stud, a young rookie quarterback who he's going to be pissed off they drafted in the first place? I don't think, it's just, it doesn't work. I don't trust Douglas to draft him. I don't trust the coaching staff to develop him. And I don't think they're going to tell Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I know you were brought here to win a Super Bowl, but we're not going to help you do that. We're going to draft you replacement. It's counterintuitive. Well, that's it for me. The five hour ride comes to an end. Everybody, have a great Tuesday. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. It was excellent. I apologize. I couldn't bring Juan Soto to you. I thought I'd have a chance. I thought we were going to break the news together. There's always tomorrow, and I'll see you at 2 a.m. then. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Have a great day. The warm-up show is next. Crystal Presti's in the house. I'll catch you guys tomorrow, 2 a.m. I'm out of here.